Welcome to episode 37 of the Family Geekery Podcast. I'm Amber, and today I've got a special guest with me. Sundar. (laughs) (laughs) So today it's just the two of us because we're going to be talking about card games, deck building games, and this is something that neither my dad nor Danny know very much about. So it's just going to be the two of us today. Woohoo! Yep. So we've got friend of the family, <laughs> who is our local expert on card games. That's me. Yep. So before that, I would say let's talk about our weeks, but it's just me, really, and I've had a very busy week, so finished up my exams mostly. Sundar, what did you do this week? Anything spe- especially nerdy or geeky or anything? Um... Got some new board games that I haven't tried out yet. Oh, yeah. There was a big uh, Christmas sale, I guess, at the local comic book store that we've talked about a couple of times on this podcast. So the whole family went there and we brought Sunar with us. And yeah, so we got some stuff there. And speaking of card games, we tried a game uh, called Jaipur. Yeah. Um, and it's a two-player game, but it was really fun. It was really interesting and like a buying and selling in a market kind of thing and seen some reviews on tiktok so that's why we we picked it up and it's fun also the game awards happened over the weekend and i was pleased that arcane won (laughs) best adaptation didn't really care about anything else except stray did win at least one award and that's that's what i want that's what i wanted so and of course, there was Flute Guy. And Flute Guy got to <laughs> got to shout him out. Got to shout him out. He's gotten a lot of attention, but we'll give him some more. All right, so yeah, that about covers it. So let's get into the deck building card games. Today we're going to talk about physical, you know, tabletop games, and I think we're going to do another episode on mobile video game adaptations of this genre so yeah let's start off with a little bit of general history um didn't do a whole lot of research but you know a little bit and um it does seem like magic the gathering was the first popular trading card game of course there have been you know baseball cards and other trading cards for a long time before that but i guess they're people kind of used baseball cards if they were playing a game as kind of like a fantasy baseball kind of thing. That's um, what I found on the Wikipedia page for The original fantasy drafting. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And it appears that um, the Magic the Gathering inventor... Richard Garfield. Richard Garfield. He took some inspiration from the baseball cards and from other, I guess, fantasy things. I don't know what else he took inspiration from. So he did that and he worked with Wizards of the Coast um, to bring out this game because at the time, uh, tabletop RPGs like Dungeons and Dragons were very popular. So they worked together to make this game that is so popular now. And Honestly, I didn't think that it was the first trading card game. I, I definitely thought it was a possibility. Um, yeah. 
coming out in 1993 so it's been out for 30 years well almost 30 almost years 30 now. years celebrating so, their 30th anniversary early <laughs> yeah <laughs> and there's some drama with that but that's okay so for the other big two pokemon and Yu-Gi-Oh. They both came out shortly after. Um, the Pokemon card game came out in 1996 in Japan, and the Yu-Gi-Oh! card game came out in 1999, following the success of Pokemon. Um, the manga was written first in that case, and then the game came after. So that's some brief history, and all three of these games are still wildly popular now, which is awesome. Um, and of course, you know, they all have spinoffs and lots of other content made from, from those games. So, yeah, that's some very brief history about the three main card games that are still popular today. So, I think we're going to go and each of us is going to talk about our personal experience with deck builder um, type card games. And, yeah, we'll go, we'll go from there. So, Sundar, you want to talk about when you discovered these games? Hmm. So, I do remember Pokemon coming out. Um, It was a very big happening at the time, and everybody was going wild, wanting to play the video game um, on the Game Boy Color, also the original Game Boy, and um, the cards being um they were banned from schools <laughs> because it, it was a very distracting um new fun thing to be had by the youth <laughs> <laughs> um and i remember my friend uh got a booster pack packed in his lunchbox by his mother on a field trip and he opened a charizard wow on the bus it was so exciting. Um, I If only he still had it today, because that would be worth a lot of money. <laughs> Big bucks, but <laughs> a kid wouldn't know that, I guess. Right. And so a lot of people only collected the cards. Um, they just, you know, they're fun to look at, especially the foiling. It's sparkly. Um, but I personally wanted to play the game. So I got into the deck building aspect of it and bought a couple of theme decks I don't really remember which of the th- packs that I ended up getting, but um, they kept coming out with new sets. Um, I remember there was a Team Rocket-based set, and there were dark versions of every Pokemon. Um, you needed to have the specific dark um, evolution in order to get to the next evolution, and things like that in the card game. So they had alternate versions of Pokemon um, well before they even had all these Alolan and other (laughs) regional variants. The things that I know. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And along with the the trading cards, there was also the Game Boy game that came out um, alongside of that. I don't know exactly when that was released, but it was also in the Game Boy Color era. And you could play this card game, but digitally. <laughs> uh, and against the against AI, I don't. I'm not sure if you could l- use the link cable to battle against your friends, but um, it was definitely a very very fun game. Uh, the 
the mechanics weren't exactly super balanced at that point. So you could build some really, really powerful decks and take over the game really um, efficiently and <laughs> just steamroll the AI. Um, but it was really fun because you could unlock all these different cards. Like you started off the game with a very like rudimentary set of cards. And as you beat opponents, you would unlock more cards and you could add to your deck and then customize your deck and make it stronger as you kept playing. Um, and that's kind of what is what is most exciting to me about card games is the casual um, collecting cards side of things. And I feel like I've gone away from that now. I feel like I'm getting ahead of myself as far as the storytelling <laughs> aspect. But the I, I wish I could go back to the time when I was very limited in my card collection and I had to use what I had to build something and use that to play against my friends who are also in the same situation where they were only using what they had to build something. And so we didn't all have the most powerful cards. You know, we had one or two powerful cards, but you know, you were, we weren't going to see them every single game all the time. Um, but yeah, so after the Pokemon craze or while the Pokemon craze, the, the Pokemon craze went on and on and on. But I remember in fifth grade, my friend got me a starter pack of Magic the Gathering. And Ooh. yeah, it came with a CD-ROM and you could play <laughs> <laughs> on the computer against AI again. Um, but also it came with um, a, a pre some pre-built decks and some booster packs and... Um, all of the mechanics in the in the in those decks were very basic and just to get you started with the game. But my friend was kind enough to also give me some of the cards that he had collected over the course of playing the game. He had been playing for a, a little while already at fifth grade. Who knew? <laughs> <laughs> but that's when I got bitten by the the magic bug. And I thought wow. you were going to talk about some traumatic experience I've never heard before. Getting <laughs> bit by something. <laughs> No, uh, <laughs> just the smell of freshly opened cards. Oh my goodness. That is like one thing that is, is still etched in my brain, um, going to the store and, and buying like a theme deck and opening the, the packaging and then smelling the cards that new card <laughs> smell. It's like a new car smell, but no, it's, it's, it's its own thing. It's so, it's so cool. Lately, I don't think I've been smelling my cards, but maybe I should <laughs> give, how, them a, give them a How similar is it to the new book smell? <laughs> That's something readers love. Mm, it's probably similar. I'm not sure, though. I'm not, a, I'm not a big reader. Yeah. Um, but yeah, now um, since then, I've played Magic uh, ca casually. And then in high school, I got more into it, started collecting... Um, more vigorously <laughs> <laughs> buying um, entire booster boxes at a time for like my birthday or, or um, Christmas and uh, trying to bolster my collection to build more streamlined decks and go to tournaments and stuff. And nowadays I've amassed such a large collection yep. that it's... <laughs> 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 I can't really play the game 
casually anymore. It's more like, ooh, I want to build this deck and what do I need for that? So, um, and trying to um, build like the dream dream deck. <laughs> and I'm kind of stuck in that space. I wish I could, I should go, go back in time just to experience that again. The new, or fresh. you could sell all your cards and start over. But the thing is, it's still not a level playing field. Like, unless I'm going to, you know, play against other people who are also selling all their cards. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I jumped all over the place. I'm not sure. Yeah, I mean, um, Yu-Gi-Oh! Did you ever oh, play Yu-Gi-Oh! I remember that's what people I never playing Yu-Gi-Oh! But it, I never really played it i remember playing it once um in high school when my friend was like you've never played Yu-Gi-Oh! <laughs> i have to show you that as if you're showing me magic the gathering so um that's a fair trade <laughs> yeah so i played a few games but it wasn't really my cup of tea so okay yeah so i have a much weirder i guess history with with card games um when i was in second or third grade I was at like a summer daycare after school daycare place and um you know it was a bunch of uh, elementary school kids and that's when I think there was like McDonald's or Burger King I forget which one but they had Pokemon cards in the kids meal as like the toy or whatever so that was like, I think my first experience. I was like, oh, cool. What are these? Like cute little guys. And, and here I am still an adult, cute little guys. Like, (laughs) (laughs) um, so I knew very little, um, and only had a couple cards, you know, just probably like a Bulbasaur or whatever. Um, kind of similar. I feel like to when a couple years ago they did the McDonald's, um, Pokemon cards, um probably just a couple things like that and i never at that point played any of the like nintendo games or watched the anime at all so i had no clue what pokemon was but a couple of the kids at my daycare place were like kind of into it and showed me how to play and of course i was like eight and (laughs) didn't remember anything later on um because it only happened i think once um instead of collecting cards at that point, we were more into collecting Littlest Pet Shops and we would trade our Littlest Pet Shops. So, Ooh, okay. yeah, there was a little little economy there. Um, so, yeah, like it, Pokemon wasn't huge, you know, at that point for me. Um, and then I just kind of never touched card games or anything like that until I met Sundar. And I don't remember what it was because you were kind of like at this low in your interest in magic also, right? Right. So I don't remember what it was, but you just got more interested in it. And I was like, okay, I'll (laughs) be interested in this as well. What really solidified it for me was the idea of a squirrel deck. And I've talked about my squirrel deck before on the podcast. And, um... Yeah, so just the idea of being able to have a bunch of squirrels (laughs) (laughs) and to defeat people with my squirrel army really sold me. Going against dragons and... Yeah, yeah. 
<laughs> demons and angels. Who to think that that an army of squirrels could do that? But in magic, they can. So that's really what solidified it for me. And since then, you know, every and that was the um, like Kamigawa Neon Dynasty era is kind of when I first started playing and started actually knowing more about it. That was the first pre-release event I went to and pretty sure I talked about that on the podcast. So my interest in this has been pretty um, new, I guess, the last year and a half or so, I guess. Um, So yeah, that was the big thing for me was you know, just being silly again, cute little guys, squirrels are cute little guys. Um, and after being, you know, taught this card game and, and learning more and, you know, accumulating cards of my own, um, we both decided to buy some of the pre-made Pokemon decks, the Pokemon V, V Max, or are they just V? I'm not sure. Whatever. We got the the Yeah, I think it is yeah, V Max Battle. Yeah. The set that came with or it didn't come with two, but there were two that you could buy. So we bought uh Gardevoir and Victor. Gardevoir and, yeah, I forgot their names. It shows how much I know about Pokemon. <laughs> um <laughs> so we did that. We um played a couple of times, um and it's just like you know it's something you have to be in person to do. So we weren't doing it a whole lot. Um, and with magic, you can like play on online. I mean, I'm sure you can with Pokemon, but right. Neither of us know anything about that really. And, <laughs> and you were teaching me Pokemon and I was very confused, but willing to learn and still very confused because I've only played those two decks. But, um, I think it's pretty fun to open Pokemon um packs like right i mean opening packs in general yeah, is super fun i think i have i think i have more fun opening pokemon card oh. packs than magic the gathering packs because pokemon there's like like eight nine hundred cute little guys yeah 900 cute little guys that you know are like printed and and you know it's the same ones right um and if you have your favorites, then you have your favorites and it's cool. Magic's like a little different because there, <laughs> there's, you know, a couple, like, a, like a, I don't know, like a, a, f- a couple things that, you know, stay constant, a couple like characters, I guess, that are constant. And yeah. the rest of the things are just, it. it's fun to look at the pretty art, but the Pokemon style is just so much cuter, mm. in my opinion. I mean... Ever since they came out with planeswalkers as characters in the whole Magic the Gathering universe, they've been reiterating them over and over. Yeah. Like Jace Bellerin has been printed so many times, I don't even know. <laughs> it's probably like 20. I don't even know. <laughs> so I, even though I don't play Pokemon and I don't really buy that much Pokemon product, I bu- we buy a lot more Magic the Gathering stuff. Um, but Pokemon is just so cute and it's... It's fun to look at. It's more fun to look at Pokemon cards just to look at them than most Magic the Gathering cards, in my opinion. Hmm. Like, there are some that are just gorgeous, you know, but um, I feel like for the most case, I don't know. I like cute things a lot, so <laughs> Pokemon is that for me. Um, 
And yeah, so uh, that's my history with uh, card games. And I think now we're going to talk about some differences between our personal play styles of Magic the Gathering, I guess. Um, Because uh, that is something that we both know a lot about, or you know a lot about, and I'm learning a lot. (laughs) But... um, I've said this before on the podcast when I, you know, the couple of times I've mentioned magic and that I like commander a lot and my scroll deck is a commander deck. And, you know, when I go play at pre-releases is usually the only time that I go play, um, at a card shop. Um, it's, it's a little different because, you know, it's a limited format and it's not as much... (laughs) It's not as easy being limited in time and in cards. So I thought of an analogy that might help explain all of this. Um, So if you think about limited, you're kind of like going to the junkyard and getting as many, all the parts that you can scrounge and trying to build a car. And then you're trying to race against other people who did the same thing. Whereas um, formats like modern and standard you're basically like racing Ferraris against each other. Like it's like a supercar race and everything is so streamlined and made to go fast. And um, Commander, it's more niche. It's like, ooh, I have this like cool antique car that I've been working on. I've been trying to restore this 68 Corvette. I don't even know if that's a real car, but you know, probably. Um, This is Chris editing the podcast. Yes, it is a real car. But yeah, like if, if, so, so the aspect of limited is, is really alluring to me (laughs) because everybody's just racing a hunk of junk and it's, it's kind of how you're using your hunk of junk that really comes into play. Um, like there's a lot of skill expression. Yeah. I think that's, that's why I dislike it a little more is because I don't have a vast knowledge of all of Magic the Gathering and all of the possibilities and stuff. I, you know, I have my couple decks <laughs> that I've built and curated to be exactly what I want them to be, and I can pilot that pretty well. But then if I'm forced to play a different play style or anything like that, it's it's a little <laughs> hard for me. Um, so, yeah. I don't know. I I also think that limited kind of brings me as close to the casual magic experience as possible i feel like the casual magic player with going to the same analogy that i had before was um driving your like parents hand-me-down car (laughs) right it's not you're not going to the junkyard but it's not a ferrari and (laughs) you do what you can but it's not the the best but it's not the worst um yeah race a minivan against a ferrari let's see exactly yeah no (laughs) i've tried that (laughs) yeah no i went to a tournament with my 75 card elf deck with like a bunch of singleton cards and just random things and (laughs) playing against people who were playing standard and had like four copies of every card had a really streamlined strategy and i got destroyed it was it was not pretty (laughs) (laughs) yeah standard isn't something that i've 
dabbled with like at all we played like once against each other and i watched you play um against one of our other friends and i don't know another thing i like about commander is the multiplayer like aspect of it yeah the multiplayer aspect is cool it's kind of a double-edged sword because it's so fun unless you're getting singled out and targeted a whole lot or unless it's taking you know three hours to play the game um, which does happen (laughs) it's really hard to find a good balance with commander and that's also something that deters me from playing it as much because i mean yes the the best commander game is a really great experience but it's it happens so so rarely I guess if you really know your play group and know the decks that they're bringing to the table and then try and balance everything out that way, it could be more fun, but yeah, it's definitely difficult to find a good game of commander. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, something I forgot to mention earlier that, um, I don't know, makes me feel a li- like a little bit like I'm in your shoes like in this dynamic is at my work so I have an internship and I work with kids some of them have been interested in magic lately and these are like middle school aged boys and um so you know I hear them talking a lot about things and mostly it's Minecraft and Terraria and stuff like that but one time I heard one of the boys talking about um, oh, what's your favorite color magic? What's your favorite color in magic? And one of the other boys answered and I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm intrigued. Like, what is this? And, um, so then I like asked them, I was like, are you talking about magic, the gathering? And so, um, there's this one boy who just started playing and he kind of thinks that I am an expert, but I'm not. And it's so silly that I kind of have to kind of dumb it down because he only has so much knowledge of the game he, i he um he calls them you know mountain and forest and instead of like red and green and i'm like oh let me like stop talking in my like more knowledgeable thing and call these <laughs> like call it an island and not blue like you are so it's kind of silly for me um to be in a position where I know more and, and I'm talking to someone who may not know what all of the keywords do. Mm-hmm. And um, it's so funny to experience that and then come back and play with you and get destroyed every single time we play because you just have infinite more knowledge than I do. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> That's okay. The lore i don't know the word um the paradigm that magic is um that showcases uh is really cool like we were mentioning planeswalkers before Mm -hmm. but each player is basically a planeswalker Mm. and so that's when when you play the planeswalker cards you're just enlisting another powerful entity to come help you and then they have to be loyal to you in order for you to use their powers Um, yeah but you're with the mountain and island thing you're like drawing mana from (laughs) from these sources and then using them to shape these spells and like 
I don't summon them and do cool stuff and all of the whole I don't know what you'd call that <laughs> <laughs> what it what magic represents is really cool to me nice I like that um you know they've done some I don't know if it's necessarily a collaboration if they're collaborating with Dungeons and Dragons, which is also Wizards of the Coast entity, but <laughs> they've done the Dungeons and Dragons um, sets and we were watching the Game Awards and there was a trailer for the um, the new Baldur's Gate game and you know, at the end of it, some guy pops out of a mimic and I'm like, oh my God, it's Minsk. It's Minsk. And I know that just because of Magic the Gathering. <laughs> Where's Boo? Give him his hamster. So <laughs> it's given me a tiny bit of knowledge about Dungeons and Dragons because I've also got very limited knowledge on that. So <laughs> agreed. Yeah. I've never really played Dungeons and Dragons. We played one time, but it was yeah. kind of a very casual. Yeah. And we didn't really learn very much, I don't think. So at least I didn't. <laughs> I didn't really learn much either. But um, no, I just think it's so cool that, you know, they do these collaborations. Also, like there's going to be a Lord of the Rings set, an entire set right? with Lord of the Rings. And they, they just like put out these Transformer cards and, you know, Secret Layer is always doing all these you know collaborations with with I mean, artists recently there was the warhammer collaboration yeah. and they came out with four commander decks four yeah i think so yeah which all are super expensive but you know <laughs> <laughs> pretty crazy cards As in there be. too <laughs> yeah so it's just so cool how this one game that's been around for almost 30 years you know it's coming up on the 30th anniversary <laughs> With with the fake cards that sell for a thousand dollars, but you know that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> They're official proxies. <laughs> official proxies. Okay, <laughs> let me copy and paste that and print it out on my Cricut. Yeah, <laughs> no, but um, it's just so cool how something has been around for this long, and I don't know. And they've got like comic books and stuff now, and there's always been oh, like yeah. stories. Yeah, like there've books. been full fledged novels. Yeah. I've never read one, but I I love the lore aspect of games and things usually. So you know, even just going on the wiki and you know reading about Atraxa and you know, who's a very small character but might become a bigger character and Phyrexia be one becomes all or all, one, all, all be become one. all will be one, whatever it's called. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It's just so cool to me how that happens. Yeah. Yeah, so I think now we're going to transition into a different kind of deck building game. So these, you know, these big um, trading card games are mostly, you know, except for drafting, I guess, where, where deck building is part of the process. Um, right. Most of these, you do all of the deck building outside of the game. You build your deck, you, you know, figure it out, and then you... Mm then you play it and you play it against people. Um, now we're going to transition to the few games that we've played that are essentially deck building at their core. The game itself is deck building. So. Right. So I was exposed to the game Dominion um, about a decade ago, I guess. Um, and... 
it's a it's a deck building game at its core um it's really fun you you start off with a few gold pieces and then pieces of land like each of these are represented by a card and you start with a, a deck of 10 cards so you've got like five gold pieces and five lands and uh the lands are just worth points like you're trying to amass the highest amount of points by the end of the game and that's how you win um and the gold allows you to buy other cards that are at, available in the in like a mar- uh, a marketplace that's available to for all players to see and buy from um and once i don't know how many piles of these different cards are depleted the game ends but every turn you draw five cards and you play um as many as you can and you um every time you purchase a card it goes into your discard pile and then once it you go through your entire deck you you know shuffle everything back in and keep going so if you start off the game by buying all the point cards, you're going to be drawing the point cards and they're totally useless when they're <laughs> in your hand. So you need to find a balance of building uh, an engine so that you can buy more stuff. And then at the very, towards the end of the game is when you want to be amassing all the points. Mm. Um, very interesting stuff. And then I also played a, a game called Ascension, but I only played it once. And I think... You're doing deck collaborative deck building to oh. fight against um, some kind of monster or okay. something, um, or maybe it was you go against someone and you're trying to defeat the monsters, and if you defeat the monsters, you get the points. And I don't know, I don't remember. That sounds similar to one that I've played, which is legendary, a a Marvel uh, deck building game, where you start off and and you can buy heroes from the store and you need to have a certain power or something to defeat like the big villain. And you know, when you get the villain, I think it goes, it either like helps you or you just get points for it or whatever. Um, And that's when I've only played once, but it was super fun when I played it. Um, But it was also a long time ago, but one that I've played recently and absolutely adore is Tea Dragon Society. And that is a um, a card game where you play as one of four dragons, and there's an ex- uh, expansion with um, four more dragons, but you play as one of four dragons that's based on tea. And I absolutely loved the concept, saw them when they were, you know, just trying to get <laughs> people to support them right? yeah, on Kickstarter and didn't have the money at the time to kickstart them because I was what, probably still in high school or whatever. Um, but then I realized when the game came out that I really wanted to play it. So we got it. I love it. I've played it so many times. Um, each each dragon has its own like stat that's kind of similar. That that's its special stat and. And I don't know. And there's seasons. What makes this game interesting is there are four seasons in the game and each season has a couple objectives that you can buy because you can buy items or you can buy these other things that can get you points. And um, when, you know, the cards in the season are bought, then the next season comes and 
at the end of the game, you count all the points in your deck and whoever has the most points wins. Um, and so there are, you know, cards that are just straight up points, cards that are straight up buying power and cards that like can prevent you from, you know, getting hurt or, or whatever you like <laughs> cards that prevent you from the disadvantages that are there. So it's really interesting and it's, it's cool how there's not a whole lot of interaction with the other people in the game. You know, it's just, right. You have the same shop that you're buying from and you might have the same objectives when it comes to the, the seasons, like, it, the same one might be blatantly more advantageous for you and not advantageous for the other person, but there are some that are advantageous to both and, or as many people that are playing the game. Um, so it's cool that it's competitive, but not super competitive. I don't know. It's, it, it's hard to keep track of who's winning until the end of the game when someone I wins. I feel like that's true with all of these deck yeah. building games. It's it's at its core. It's like, oh, I'm going as fast as I can. But then you look over and you're like, wait a second. Is my opponent doing better <laughs> than me? Or Right. You're like trying to see like what they're drawing or whatever and and what they have. But, but in like magic, it's like you've got life totals and board yeah, states board that you've state, got to yeah. keep, keep track of. And you can see who's winning based on that. But with these like pure deck building games, it's hard to know who's winning just based on what they've got out, you know? Mm -hmm. Is there anything else that you think we missed? You want to talk about? Uh, yeah, I don't think we touched on the different archetypes of gameplay with, um, trading card games. Sure. Let's do it. So, um, myself, I like to play quickly. Um, <laughs> it's, so I like more aggro style or mid range style, but then there's also... Um, so what do, what do those words mean for people that right. don't know card games? So aggro, um, I feel like, is a word that's used in a lot of different games, like um, like MMORPGs, like Warcraft, um, or it's like uh, the tank is drawing all the aggro. Yeah. Um, but in Magic, it's, uh, it refers to a, a style that is trying to end the game as fast as possible. Okay. So a very aggressive um, deck that can that is just trying to destroy your opponent's life total as quickly and efficiently as possible before they can bring out some bigger, heavier threats that can um, make that more difficult for you. Okay. Um, so so things that have burn spells, like mm -hmm. direct damage spells that t can hit your life total or creatures that have can attack the first turn they come out um because that's a thing in magic that isn't allowed <laughs> unless it's printed on the card um and then mid-range is kind of in between aggro and control um you kind of are playing uh middle cost cards so th so things that are four five mana and really efficient things that can do a lot um but you're 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 kind of waiting to get there a little bit more than the the aggro player okay um but you get to play with like fun five five flying trample <laughs> or really fun creatures that 
can stomp your face, stomp your opponent's face in. Um, fun. Fun, yeah. Big creature. Um, <laughs> and then you mentioned control. Control, I personally hate playing against control. <laughs> I feel like it is the least amount of fun for both players kind of thing. Like, like yes, the control player is having fun, but it's so unfun for the other player. <laughs> um, but basically you're trying to control the game. So you stop your opponent from doing stuff. Or if they do stuff, you counteract it by destroying it. Or basically just cleaning the the board state until you get to a point where you can win the game. Okay. Yeah. So you just neutralize all the threats, and then eventually you have more card advantage, and then you play like a 6-6 flying creature and then just you know eventually win the game because your opponent has no no answers or you make someone mill their entire deck exactly yeah they can't play right that is that definitely falls into it's happened to me it's so fun (laughs) (laughs) but then there's also combo which is interesting so that this relies on a combination of either two or three Maybe more cards, but typically, you know, two or three is the sweet spot. Um, Two is the best, but um, these two cards, when you put them together, uh, they go infinite or they do something that allows you to win the game instantly. So you're, instead of playing the game on the same, um, the same way everybody else is playing, you're just trying to find your pieces. You're trying to assemble exodia uh, to reference Yu-Gi-Oh, but <laughs> <laughs> to reference Yu-Gi-Oh, the game that we've not talked about at, at all <laughs> that we neither of us know very much about i watched the anime a little bit so um but yeah uh and then of course there's hybrid styles where you have a combo but that's not necessarily the the center point of the deck and things like that Th- that this becomes more prevalent in commander where mm. um yeah, you might be running a, a way to win the game instantly if you draw it, but that might be a alternate win two condition. Two in a hundred chance. <laughs> two in 99, I guess. Well. <laughs> Minus your commander. Well, you start off with drawing seven cards, so. <laughs> yeah. 92. <laughs> when I play, I personally like, as I mentioned before with my squirrels, you know, go wide, get as many things on the board as I can, um, pray that nobody has a board wipe. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And that's what I like to do um, with my other main deck, which I don't own the cards for, most of the cards for yet, but it's, I'm coming there, I'm getting there, is Atraxa and that's counters and make my things big and have planeswalkers that love me and will <laughs> do my my biddings so i don't know those are my two favorite play styles i tend to go towards big guys or lots of guys or both if i'm lucky the, both <laughs> both of those are i think mid-range styles mm, okay yeah yeah i i refuse to play red <laughs> i don't know something about that just does not appeal to me at all um i don't know i think i like the visuals better of seeing things on the board and if you're just playing like incense and sorceries and stuff there's nothing on the board also the game doesn't last very long so you're just 
you know, ending the game quick and going next. Whereas, you know, <laughs> nothing fun is really happening. Yeah. Yeah, I like I like the visual impact of having lots of things out and seeing them all go. <laughs> yeah. It's fun. Definitely. And a lot of thought goes into oh, designing so a deck. Yeah. Oh, I meant of oh, creating and, cards. Oh, yes, that too. Like from just from hiring artists and mm -hmm. coming up with the concepts, but then refining, you know, how much mana does this card cost? And right. How much power and toughness does this creature have? And what are its creature types even? Yeah. And so, Magic the Gathering puts an entirely new set out every like few months, three months ish. Yeah. yeah it's crazy. So much thought. I mean, I'm sure they have so many teams working on it, each individual set, but it's so cool to see it, it happen so quickly. <laughs> <laughs> There's just so many things. And that's another thing I wanted to talk about is um, over time how the power level has changed. Oh. And how originally there were, you know, maybe cards that you'd get two power and two toughness for two mana but now you get a whole lot more for two mana <laughs> <laughs> throw in some keywords that give your guy some extra abilities and maybe yeah. even some more power and toughness <laughs> <laughs> that's what happens i guess when you are able to hire more people and more brains are able to come up with interesting keywords and interesting interactions and and stuff i guess but at the same time, there were some really, really busted cards that were originally <laughs> printed, <laughs> like like black, the infamous Black Lotus. Oh yeah, yeah. And you can get a you can get an official proxy for that. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Just spend a thousand dollars, and maybe you'll get one. Maybe. <laughs> There's still packs. <laughs> hey, get me one too. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> I will when they uh, finally send us our third thirtieth uh, anniversary thing. Oh yeah, yeah. Oof. Oh well. So yeah, I think I think that about wraps it up. I think so. Okay, so thank you as always for listening and check out our other social medias, our YouTube channel popping off over there. So check us out and yeah, uh, thank you, Sundar, for being here. Of course. Accompanying me, so I'm not alone today, talking about <laughs> Magic the Gathering. Um, yeah. Um, as always, peace, peace out and, and geek, geek out. out. Thank you for listening to the Family Geekery Podcast. For more information, visit www.familygeekery.com. Don't forget to subscribe at your favorite podcast provider. And until next time, peace out and geek out. That was the most in sync. <laughs>